Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. This is Pastor Jeremy. A chicken and a pig lived on a farm, and the farmer was very good to both of them, and so they decided they wanted to do something good for the farmer. The farmer loves a good breakfast, said Chicken. We should make him a good breakfast. The pig agreed, and the chicken continued. I will supply the eggs, but what will you do? Pig thought for a minute and then asked, Well, eggs are good, but what can I do? Bacon, said the chicken. So Pig thought for a minute more. Now, wait a minute. That's not fair. You will be contributing, but I will be committing. This little story that I've heard a hundred times makes a great point about commitment. We use sayings like, I have some skin in the game, or she's my ride or die, in sickness and in health, for better or for worse, till death us do part. These things mean that we are committed to the endeavor or person. Today, God tells Abraham that he is committed to him and reveals to Abraham how to show his commitment to God. Genesis chapter 17, starting in verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will make you exceedingly numerous. God made a covenant with Abram, and he has made one with us as well. The overarching theme here is commitment. God is committed to his people and expects his people to be committed to him. This is the same idea you have in Jesus' teachings that the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Up to this point in Abram's life, God has made promises to him. He has even restated and expanded those promises, and he will do so again, but this time it will also require a commitment from Abram. The promises have always been something that God was doing to Abram. Now the promises that God, of God will be internalized. It will become who Abram is. In verse 3, he continues, Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. God changed Abram's name to Abraham. Now, in their culture, a name is more meaningful because it often speaks to the character or personality of a person. It communicates as a message about who they are. Abram meant high father. Now, this name is more directed towards praising God than uh, himself as an exalted father. But God changes his name to Abraham, which means father of many or father of the multitude. Then in verse 15, God says, As for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her Sarah, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her and also give you a son by her. I will bless her and she will give rise to nations, kings of peoples shall come from her. Sarah means princess, while Sarah also means princess. So why change the name at all? These changes signify the level of commitment involved in each side of this covenant. It's not just words. It's not just about giving Abraham blessings. It's about changing who they are, changing them as people. He is taking authority over them to the point that he can change their names. I mean, your parents give you your name, right? Now God is saying, I am your God, just like your father. I can change your name. 
Not only do I change your name, but your name, who you are, points to the promise I'm making to you. Abraham means that they will be the parents of multitudes, and Sarah means that there will be kings among their multitudes. Among Because who gives birth to kings? Princesses, right? Ultimately, the king of kings, Jesus, will come from her line. Royalty gives birth to royalty. This is all about signifying the level of commitment that God has to his people and that God expects from his people. Today, know that God is committed to you. Everyone else might abandon you, be mad at you, dismiss you, but not God. He's committed to your good, to your joy and your peace. I know that there is pain in this life. You pray for relief, for help, and for change, and you pray for so long and nothing. I understand that. It is those moments that we need to hear this message that God is committed to you. He is always present in your circumstance, working for your good. He will see it to the very end. That doesn't mean that it will always go perfectly as you want it, but it does mean that it is headed in that direction and that eventually, at the right time, it will all be as it should and you will be in his perfect presence. God speaks to the commitment he desires from his people in verse 9. God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant. You and your offspring after you throughout their generations, this is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Throughout your generations, every male among you shall be circumcised when he is eight days old, including the slave born in your house and the one bought with your money from any foreigner who is not your offspring. Both the slave born in your house and the one bought with your money must be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh an everlasting covenant. In circumcision, the external sign signified a whole life commitment. But unlike a wedding ring, circumcision cannot be taken off. It was a permanent sign of commitment. The outward sign done to the body was never just about the body or the external. It was always about the commitment to God and the heart. Listen to these Old and New Testament passages. Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, Moreover, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul in order that you may live. If we keep the idea of physical circumcision, then this makes no sense. But when we understand that circumcision always meant to signify total commitment to and love for God, then it makes sense. Jeremiah 4, 4, Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Remove the foreskin of your hearts, O people of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Romans 2, 28 through 29. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly. The circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. Colossians 2, 11. In him, also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Our faith was never about just going through the motions. It was always about the heart, who you are. You can do all the religious church things, but if your heart is not committed to God, it is all meaningless. At the same time, you will see your commitment in your actions. 
So love for God, devotion to God, and church involvement. I have heard it said that Julius Caesar, when he came to conquer England, took his men to a cliff overlooking the boats they had come on. He ordered the ships burned so that the men would know there was no going back. Missionary to Burma, Adoniram Johnson, was once asked by a missionary agency if there were good roads for them to send more missionaries to help him. He told them that if these men required good roads, he did not want them. He needed people that would come whether there were good roads or not. That is commitment and true love for God. Are you committed to Jesus? Because that is what it means to love him, to worship him, to believe in him. Circumcision seems like an odd act to require showing one's commitment. There is only one way, God's way. We don't have to understand it. It might not always make sense, but that is part of faith. We trust God's word. We do it like he says to do it. Obedience and holiness matters. Remember the first words out of God's mouth in verse 1 are, I am God Almighty. Walk before me. Be blameless. Now, we do not legalistically hold to circumcision as commitment to God. Instead, we desire circumcision of the heart, a total commitment. Let me give you a few ways total commitment expresses itself in the Christian life. Commitment to God is in loving others. After telling us the great command to love God, Jesus gives the second and says it is like the first. That means they're connected to the first so closely that they're almost one. Loving God or commitment to God is tied to loving other people. Jesus will quote the Old Testament, I desire mercy or compassion, not sacrifice. Be good to people. Serve them. Make their world a better place. Let God use you to bless them and point them to Jesus. Do not attack them, be harsh to them, demeaning, bitter, or hateful. There's no reason, no excuse, no justification for treating anyone bad. How you treat other people is directly tied to how you love God. In James 3, 9, the word says, With our tongue we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse people, made in the likeness of God. Remember, those you curse bear the image of God. You curse Him as well. Your love for others is your commitment to God. Commitment to God is in devotion to His Word and prayer. God is committed to you, but not just as an obligation, like He does it just because He must or because it's the right thing to do. God loves you, and He wants to have a relationship with you and be intimately connected to you. He desires to work in your life, not just to use you, or but to be near to you because He enjoys doing good to you and seeing you smile. In devotional moments such as Bible study and prayer, God-focused music, church attendance, contemplation, communion, listening to biblical preaching, and Jesus-centered conversation with other Christians, you are truly spending time with God and allowing Him to work in you. In those moments, you draw near to Him in commitment and love. Are you committed to Him? When you look at your life, evaluate yourself. Do you see commitment? How will you go forward? Jesus lived a righteous life to give to you. He died on the cross to pay the penalty you deserve and rose again from the dead to make you new. Galatians 6.15 says, Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only a new creation. Have you placed your faith in Jesus, committed to him, been made new in him? If so, he has given you a new name.
He has changed you from sinner, lost, corrupt, to son and daughter, healed, saint. Today, choose to live those new names. Walk before him and be blameless. He is committed to you. Commit to him as well. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. Once again, my name is Pastor Jeremy. Go to our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Once you're there, click on the Contact Us tab just to let us know you're listening and uh, how we can pray for you and uh, serve you as a faith family. You can also click on the Give tab to be able to give and support our ministry. Also, the VBS 2023 tab is up. Our Vacation Bible School will be June 20th through the 23rd. Click on that tab on our website, and you will be able to register, pre-register for VBS. And uh, we are going to be all focused on art and doing art projects throughout the week of VBS as we learn about Jesus and how we can use our skills, talents, and passions to share the hope of Jesus uh, with people. So once again, that's www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Come and see us any Sunday morning, 10.50 a.m. is our worship gathering. We're right on Main Street in Stanford, right next to the courthouse. Uh, Also, our Sunday school at 9.45. We hope to see you soon. Have a great week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.